John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Father, we want to love like that. A love, God, that looks past, a love that looks beyond, a love that challenges us even unto the place of obedience. God, we want to love here in this house, Father God, that isn't just for the church, but God, it's for the world. God, it's, it's not just for this area code, but God, it's for this region. God, it's not just for our homes, but it's for our brothers' and sisters' homes. It's not just for our marriages, but it's for everyone's marriages. It's not just for our children, it's for our families, our friends. It's, it's for all those afar and near. It's, it, it's a heart, God, that says it's for whosoever will. Father, we pray this morning that this love just will wouldn't it be preached, this love just wouldn't be sung, but this love would be experienced, this love would be demonstrated, this love would be the very love that drips from our words, saturates our actions, and mobilizes our feet, God. We want to see this kind of love here in the PD region, this kind of love that will shake hell and loosen addiction. We want to see this kind of love that will anoint and appoint leaders, that will take and raise up children. God, we want to see this kind kind of love in action and Lord we thank you for it Lord that when you chose to love us you didn't love us just through words you loved us through action and God we thank you for that this morning we ask God that indeed that love would be here that love would be here now in Jesus name you may be seated all over the house turn to somebody tell them for God so loved you this morning we will be closing, I believe, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I try to really be sensitive to the Spirit, but we will be closing out our For God So Love This Region series. How many of you have enjoyed, just over the last several weeks, expounding on and hearing about the love of God, the demonstrated love of God? Come on. I believe it's changing us. I believe it's changing who we are. I believe that it was not just cha is changing who we are, but I believe it's a rekindling and a recalling of who we are. Matter of fact, uh, the mission statement of Dominion Church is we are loving the unchurched. Our vision statement is for we exist basically for you to encounter Jesus. But the mission that drives that is we are loving the unchurched of this world to salvation and authority in his kingdom walking in dominion. Here, here's the first part that you need to grasp though is we are loving the unchurched of this world. I am excited to report, I am excited over the fact that over 70% of Dominion's congregation is made up of unchurched people that came to encounter Jesus. Come on, is there anybody that was unchurched that now you churched? There's somebody here that you were in the bar the week before you came to Dominion, but now you in the house of God lifting your hands, praising God. You were down and out, but he lifted you up. See, we strive to be a ministry that doesn't go after church folk. Can I be honest with you this morning? Church folk, a lot of church folk, especially church folk that jump around, I call them. You know, back in the day, I used to be a bar hopper. That's what they called me. When it was hopping here, I'd hop over there. And when they had it going up and this band was playing here, I'd go because I wanted to hear that band. And when they had, when they had a, a 5 o'clock special, I was there at 5 o'clock on this one. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. 
And see, I'd hop around to get what I wanted. And see, a lot of times in church, what we'll find is there's people, they, they, they church hopping. They just waiting for this movement to be a part of it. Oh, they sing this kind of music, so I'm going to go be a part of it. You know what I found out is church hoppers are a lot of your problems. But you give me unchurched people. People that don't know church. Oh, y'all real quiet. All y'all got church last night must be. See, you give me people that don't know church. You give me people that ain't been rubbed raw by religion. You give me people that ain't been chewed up and spit out by religious leaders. You give me people that all they know is that if you're willing to love them, then there must be something different about you. You give me some people that know what it's like to be down and out, and I'll show you a people that can shake the bonds of hell, that can release the the powers of heaven to infiltrate a region. Ask any church leader. Church problems usually come from previous church people. That's not why we did it at my last church. Well, guess what? You ain't there and neither am I. But our mission statement is we are loving the unchurched. The unchurched. Church, hear me. We are, our mission is to love the unchurched. It's to love the drug addict. It's to love the woman that's on her fifth marriage. It's to love the one that's down and out. It's the one to love the one that don't smell like you. It's the one that ain't got no money that you've been called to love. It's loving the one that can't do anything for you. See, because I'm confident of this, that a church joined together in love is a church that is tearing hell apart. Why is division so common in churches? I'll tell you why. Because he divides and conquers. That's what he does. He brings division. Paul rebukes the church at Corinth and says, I hear there's divisions among you and I, and I partially believe it. We're going to talk about Corinthians today, actually, but, but see, we've got to understand something that we have been called to be united in love. We may be different, but that doesn't mean we have to be divided. Come on, somebody. You may... Y'all ain't ready for this. You may be voted, voted for Biden. I may be voted for Trump. You maybe got the vaccine. I didn't get the vaccine. You, y'all ain't hearing me. But see, what I've come to know is there is one king. There is one kingdom. His name is Jesus. And apart from that, everything else falls asunder. You can worry about the donkey. You can worry about the elephant. I'm focused on the lion of the tribe of Judah. This microphone can't handle my passion this morning. First Corinthians 13. I've intentionally not preached on 1 Corinthians 13 because while many of you would go to uh, uh, many weddings and you would hear the rehearsing of 1 Corinthians 13, it's been written upon many Valentine's Day cards and I love you letters. And many people have been saturated into 1 Corinthians 13 but without understanding. And so I intentionally did not preach on 1 Corinthians 13, the whole series, but yet indeed saving it for last because this last part of the message, I believe that if we'll get it, the title of my message this morning is this, the kind of church that love builds. I want you to know that love is a builder. Oh, I said love is a builder. 
You don't get to tell me you love me and then tear me down with your words. You don't get to tell me you love me and then walk out on me when I do something you don't like. <laughs> First Corinthians 13, I'm going to read from verse 4 to 8. And it says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy and love does not parade itself and it is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. But love never fails. That's all I want to read off of there. You can take it down. Thank you. As Paul is beginning to pen the letter to the church of Corneth, we find that the church of Corneth is more a book of correction. We find that Paul is indeed writing to a church that seems to have a lot of good going for it. They've got buildings. They've got assemblies. They've got money flowing through the ministry. They have people in positions. They have structure. They have many things, but they also have division. They've got backbiting. They've got people that are openly living in sin and a lot of imperfections. Because while the church at Corneth was luring, it was not loving. Oh, wow. Come on. I believe that the church in America has often become a lot like the church of Corneth. We put on the big, great stage. We put on all the lights and we, we pretty everyone up and we put everyone on with the little fake smiles and we try to make everyone look perfect so when you come in, you can't really see our imperfections. But all of a sudden when you come in, we've got a luring. But then when you come in, you find out what you got lured in the midst of was something called wolves and not love. And you find, ah, my God, you find out that where you come in to go up, you actually get torn down. And you find out that when you came in to be built up, you were actually being pulled down see and that was the problem at the church of Corneth they had an appealing to lure people in but when they lured them in they didn't possess the love to keep them so Paul begins to pen a letter in 1 Corinthians that begins to tell them listen you don't love people that's your problem you got some of the most prophesying prophets but they ain't got no love you got a bunch of tongue-talking, Pentecostal, shouting, hucking, bucking, jumping, pew people, but you don't know how to love nobody. You can talk in tongues, but you can't talk to one another. You can prophesy, but you can't end them. You can't, you can hear what the Spirit's speaking, but you can't hear that you just offended your brother. And Paul begins to speak and begins to write and pen these letters in 1 Corinthians 13. And he begins to rebuke a church that has a luring but not a loving. Dominion, I am confident in a world that seems to have all the goods and gadgets that you could have ever thought of. 
of while there are more jobs than ever available. I believe that while buildings are being built and blessings are happening, there is one common concept that the world is missing, and it is called L-O-B-E. If we could get God's love in the world, if we could see the love of God in our jobs and in our schools, if we could see it in our churches, if we, y'all, y'all real quiet this morning, but if we could get love into Ukraine, if we could get love into Russia, if we could get love, the love of God into China. I'm confident of this, that love would disassemble and and dismantle every principality, every stronghold. I believe that where darkness abides, love overcomes. See, because love truly wins. I'm confident moving forward that the weapon to disarm every principality and power of darkness, the weapon to destroy every stronghold, it's more than religion. It's more than good church services. It's more than good music. It's got to be better than just preaching. You show me a church so full of love, and I'll show you God building an atomic bomb in the spirit realm for a church that will desolate and destroy every power of darkness in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful this morning for the love of God. Come on, God's love's different. God's love hits different. I've had a lot of people tell me they love me, but then they left me. I had a lot of people say they love me, but then they hurt me. I had a lot of people that said they love me, but then they lied on me. But I've come to tell you, I've got a God who told me he loved me and he's never left me. He's never forsaken me. He keeps calling me son and speaking blessings over my life. And every time I'm in need of something, he's an on-time God and he shows right up every single time. He's a God that comes through for me. See, because the reality of it is, is there's actually four types of love. The first love is the most common love that many of us are used to. It's the, it's the Euros love, E-R-O-S. It's a fleshly love. It sells on sexuality. You know what the problem is in the world today? Is we've got love and lust really confused. We dumb down loving somebody to getting naked for them. Oh, y'all didn't know Kingdom Kids was open. You should have took them there. Because I'm going to tell it. We're going to have adult church today. See, what we've done is we have taken love and we have reduced it to a feeling. I don't know about y'all, but I don't always feel God, but I know he always loves me. See, this kind of love, this Euros love, is the kind of love that is sweeping our nation. It is sweeping our social media. You, you can't turn on daytime television anymore without seeing some chick in a thong trying to sell soap. And it's like, what do the two got to go together? But they know that sex sells in this culture. And see, the problem is, is what we've done is we've allowed sex to sell in our relationships. Woo! <laughs> The second kind of love is the philios love, which is called brotherly love. The city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, comes from, indeed, Philadelphia, the church of Philadelphia. It is, it is philios love. It is brotherly love. The third kind of love is called storage love. It's the love between a parent and a child. 
But then, the last love, the love that trumps all other kinds of love, it is called agape love. See, agape love masters love. It's an unconditional, uncircumstantial, love you when you're struggling, love you when you ain't got it together. It's the kind of love that destroys demonic powers. This love in a church will set captives free. This kind of love that we love with will be the, the reason why we can love this kind of love so much is because it's the way that God loves us. I don't know about you, but I don't always have it all together, but I have a confidence that nothing has snatched me from the love of God. I, I don't know about you, but I don't always get it right. I may not always talk right, say right, and speak right, and think right, but I'm confident that his love for me is unchanging. It's not circum because God doesn't love me for what I did. He loves me for what he already done. For God so loved the world. And so therefore, he loves me with his agape love, his love that oversees and overcomes. It's uncircumstantial and unconditional. Imagine if that kind of love hit our homes, hit our churches, and hit our city, and hit our region. I want to go into 1 Corinthians 13, and I want to break down, and I'm going to try to be quick. I want to break down 1 Corinthians 13 in the idea of the passage of Scripture of what love is. The first that we find, I'm not going to go through them all. I'm going to grab some that I believe are key components because if we'll take these key components, this will be the kind of church that love builds. The first one, though, that I want you to catch is love suffers long. You can put the scripture down, please. See, agape love is patient with people. It don't just mean to suffer a long time. It means to suffer a long time. But keep a smile on your face while you're doing it. See, I'm talking about a love that suffers a long time, a love that keeps a good attitude even when your suffering is causing me to suffer. I, I'm talking about a love that, that, that says, man, I'm going to love you through it. It's the one thing to suffer for a little while and be mean about it, but it takes love to a whole nother level for you to love somebody and drag on and on and on and on and on through it. My God, I came to tell you this kind of love is a love that suffers with a smile but it's that kind of love that God loved me with it's that kind of love he held on a long 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 time some of y'all's middle name could be can't get right oh look at him preaching oh my god what is he doing saying that come here can't get right See, I don't know about you, but God, God suffered a long time with me. He's been patient and good with a smile on his face to get me where I am today. I came to tell somebody, I didn't just arrive. It's been a process, but God's been long suffering through it. Y'all clap now, but this is the same way you call to love one another. Yeah, I love him. But you bitter, you nasty, looking like you sucking on a lemon because you got to call me friend. 
Here, let me help some of y'all out. You say you love me. You say you're with me, that you're for me, that you got this agape type love. But when it comes down into the marriage and when it comes down to relationship, you're looking for the next best looking thing to come along so you can drop what you got and jump on it. I'm talking like we suffered through some things. I'm saying we suffered through some things. It ain't always been good. It ain't always been right. I didn't always get it right. I still don't get it right. She don't always get it right. She, there's times she messes up. But this kind of love is a love that says we're going to suffer through it. It's not going to change my love. It's not going to change my attitude because it's unconditional and uncircumstantial. This is the kind of love that'll build a church that says, man, when you come through here, you can suffer, but what we got will suffocate your suffering. It'll strangle your struggle. Ha! What we got, we'll put our arms around you, and it don't matter while you grind, we're going to grind with you. It don't matter if you fall, we're going to pick you back up. See, long-suffering love. Colossians 1 and 11 says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Y'all know what they say? This is some of y'all. I'm just praying for patience. I just wish he'd hurry up. Strengthen with all your might according to his power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. The word joy there means to come to light. See, and some of you haven't walked in the fullness of the light of the revelation you've been called to because you quit when, it's, when the suffering started. See, you walk out on the relationship when it got hard and God could never bring it into the light. My God, hear me. That word, the joy, it means to come to light. It means that weeping may endure through the night, but joy cometh in the morning. See, there's a suffering for a season. But what our problem is, is many times we look at suffering for a season as a sentence. We think it is where it is a period, but God is saying it's a comma. This is a moment of transition that I'm going to change your suffering into something that will suffocate every devil. Ah, my God, hear me. See, long-suffering love is the kind of love that loves people in spite of themselves. I'm confident that God is building Dominion Church to be the kind of church that is long-suffering with people. That we love them in spite of where they came from. That we love them in spite of whether they own the wagon or they off the wagon. We suffer through some things with some people. And when they get it right, we get happy. And when they get it wrong, we get to where they are and we get them up. And when they get what they got and it gets on us, we get over it. See, I believe God is raising up a church right here that our love will strangle people's struggle. Y'all don't know. Love lifted me. What did? Love. See, God's love strangled my struggle. 
I used to love getting high. I used to go love going partying. I used to love doing everything I was doing, where I was doing it, and who I was doing it with. Hear me, I said I loved it. I eurosed it. I loved to feel it. But you know what I found out? Is that what I loved was in no comparison to the one that loved me. And when I came in contact with a love that said, son, you dirty and you dusty, but I got an anointing on your life. All of a sudden, I I didn't want to go into those places. I didn't want to lay with them women. I didn't want to be amongst those people. I come out from among them because I believe that God's love is a rescuing love. I believe it's a love that'll lift you up out. It's a love that will take you over. It's a love that will come inside of you and pull you through some things. It will strangle the things of your struggle. Is there anybody here this morning that's thankful for the long-suffering love of God? Come on, he suffered through some things with you. The second thing that I want to tell you about the kind of love that I believe God is building here, because this kind of love builds a true church. Number two is love does not envy. See, God will never do for you what you privately or publicly resent him doing for others. I'm going to say it again just because you said so. God will never do for you what you privately or publicly resent him doing for others. Some of y'all see people get blessed and you get mad. Let me tell you something. You get mad because that's all you'll get. You'll never get nothing from God because love does not envy. See, what we need to do is we need to come here with a mentality that when we see people getting a breakthrough, we need to bless God for their breakthrough knowing ours is on the way. See, this kind of love will build a church that doesn't get mad when they see other people blessed. This kind of love builds a church that doesn't talk junk about people's gifts or talents because they don't have it. I hear you, Lord. See, some of y'all, the only reason why you don't like tongues and the only reason why you don't like prophecy is because you haven't yet received the gift, so therefore you speak against the very thing God. If you would just bless God for it, all of a sudden he'd put it on you and you'd be a tongue-talking, fire-walking. Ah, my God, you'd be full of it. See, you got to learn to rejoice for others' breakthroughs if God's going to ever do it for you. Love does not envy. The third thing that I want to tell you is love does not behave rudely. Y'all do remember Paul is speaking to the church. Okay. Because I didn't know if he was like down at the strip club and it was having a meeting or something. But this is the church. Ain't it sad that we got to tell church folk, behave yourselves? Ain't it sad that we got to give etiquette lessons on how to love people and talk people in the church? And let me tell you why. The reason why is because a lot of us have forgot the love that we've been loved with. In the same manner in which we receive, we've been called to give. I don't know about you, but I'm not qualified to stand on this pulpit. I'm not anointed enough to sit at the king's table. But he came in in his goodness and began to pour on the oil, began to pour on the anointing, began to pour on the position and set me up and raised me up. See, this kind of love 
Simply, it means it doesn't bring shame on nobody else. When it says love does not behave rudely, the Apostle Paul is addressing the fact that if you love people, you don't bring shame on them. See, you ever met people where it seems like they love to put people down? See, the only time they're feeling good about themselves is as long as somebody else is feeling bad about themselves. Let me help you real quick. This is what I found out being in the ministry for years that I've been in the ministry. Is the people that are always talking about what's wrong with other people, they only doing it because something's extremely wrong with them and they are sending you in their direction so that you don't find out. See, they love to put shame on somebody else so that you can't see their shame, so that you can't, they showing you their dirt so you can't see their dirt. Let me tell you something. I get real weary of somebody that wants to come and tell me what's wrong with everybody all the time because what I know is what's really wrong is something wrong with you, brother. But real love, real love don't put shame on nobody. See, it behaves itself, this kind of love. The kind of love that builds this church behaves itself. See, I'm just going to, can I just, y'all give me 15 minutes. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's people that leave church, go out to eat, and they're looking to prove a point. They go out to the little waitress that wishes to God she could be up in church, but she got to deal with the church folk that come at 1230 and don't tip. But then when they come up in there, they want to talk about everything that's wrong with their order. And they want to sit at the table and prove a point because they found a mistake. Let me help you. Let me help you. Everyone look right here. Look right here. If you're one of those people that love to go out to restaurants and prove your points, don't you dare tell them you live in Darlington. Don't you, you better tell them you live in Coward. You better tell them you live in King Street. Don't you tell them you go to Dominion Church. Go out there and tell the restaurant everything they're doing wrong. They want to invite them to Dominion Church. You better shut your mouth. Can't tip, but want to invite them to church. You robbing the waitress like you robbed God. I'm Kyle Meyer, and I approve this message. This kind of love doesn't shame people because we know we should have been shamed, but instead we ended up saved. See, Paul's rebuke in the church at Corneth was because there were people that had a I'm better than you mentality. We ain't got that here. Everyone wave your hands and say, we ain't got that here. If it was here, it just left in Jesus' name. If somebody just left, do not go in the parking lot. Say, hey, preachers in there preaching about you. Let me tell you something. Ain't nobody no better than anybody or anything else here at Dominion Church.
care if you came by way of a bicycle or a Bentley. We all came by way of the cross. I said, we all came by way of the cross. See, if love's going to build Dominion Church, then we got to have a place where the least, the lost, and the last have a place. See, I've been in churches before, and they've got beautiful facilities, and I'll tell you a grieving story. One place in particular, I won't drop its name, because love covers a multitude of sins. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And I love them enough not to expose them. But I walked in their beautiful facility. I walked in to this place. And, but I, here's the thing. I had to drive through just row after row of, of trailer parks. And, and, and let me put a disclaimer on this. For those of you that don't know, I ain't got nothing against no trailer, no mobile home, not talking down. I lived in one for years. Years. But you had to drive through a real rough neighborhood that was, it was, it was full of trailer parks coming up to it. And then you went out into this field and there was this big, beautiful building. And, and when I went into the church and I was talking, I asked them, I said, what kind of outreach do y'all do? I said, what an incredible harvest field that you got right outside of your door. There's people that are right there because see, my mentality is Jesus came for the poor. He came for those that didn't have it so he could show them that they could be rich in the kingdom. And sadly, I won't even say if it was a pastor or anybody. I'm just going to tell you, somebody in that church looked at me and said, no, we don't want them here. Because they'll, they'll ruin our new pews. They'll, they're dirty and they may get stuff all over the walls. And they'll make our seats smell funny. God, if they don't want them there, send them here. If we're going to be a church that loves them, we got to love the lost, we got to love the least, and we got to love the last. We got to be willing to love anybody because we're a bunch of whosoever's ourselves. I'm so glad that God didn't say, just go save the rich, because if he would have, Kyle would have been left out. I never would have gotten saved. The fourth, fourth kind of love, or the fourth thing that love does, is it's not provoked. See, in other words, it doesn't speak harsh words easily, but it also doesn't sit on its perch looking for offense. See, this kind of love bridles its tongue. It doesn't wait for someone to do wrong so that they can pounce on them. I'm talking about touchy people. Touch your neighbor and tell them, don't be so touchy. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like you go, you go over to their house to eat. They make steak and green beans and mashed potatoes. You sit down to eat. You're like, oh my gosh, these green beans are incredible. Did Pastor Stephanie Bracey make them? Because she makes the best green beans, by the way. <laughs> And you know what touchy folk do? You don't like my steak? (laughs) 
See, touchy people listen to what you say so that they can always come back you with some effect. My God, hear me. See, this kind of love is not provoked. In other words, my love for you can't move me off my perch. You can say what you want to say, do what you want to do, but you can't provoke me to move. Because I'm going to love you from right here. That's the kind of love that God's trying to build in this church. The fifth thing is this love that God's building here bears all things. That word bears all things literally means to, to put up with, to cover. It literally means to put a roof over. First Peter 4 and 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. I'm so thankful this morning that before we have church service, we don't all have to come in here and read every sin on the screen that we committed this week before we go to God. How empty our churches would be if we had to. There's people right now under the sound of my voice, and you've been wrong, done wrong, living wrong all week long, but you're here. Let me tell you something. The mere fact that you're here and don't nobody know what you did is proof of how much God loves you. He didn't expose you. He's drawing you to him. He's saying, I'm going to cover you until you get it right. I'm going to be a shield over you. I'm going to be a roof over you because I know you got some stuff you're working through, but I'm not going to expose you. I'm going to cover you. See, what would happen in a church when we see people that are working through some things? We don't go post it on Facebook. We cover them in prayer. We cover them with the word. Some of y'all be covering the keypad of your phone. You see what so-and-so's on there doing right now? <laughs> Number six, kind of love that builds a church is love hopes in all things. Man, I want to be a part of a church that hopes in all things. Not some things, but all things. This kind of love builds a church that though it may be bad, I'm going to see a victory. Though I, though I may not like where I am, though it may be a, a season of struggle and difficulty, I'm confident that this kind of love hopes in all things. When the marriage is falling apart, I'm going to still hope. When the doctor's report says, yet, yeah, still stage four, I'm going to hope. When I'm moving forward in a new job, I got hope. When I lose my job, I got hope. See, it's hope in the face of hopelessness. That's what this kind of love provides. Can I tell you that we can either be hope dealers or we can be hope leeches? You know what a hope dealer is, right? It's somebody you go to, you down and out, and they just sling hope to you. Like you might catch an eighth of hope. You may just be having a little bad day and just need to catch a dime of hope. Y'all said, boy, he really wasn't always safe. So you can either be a hope dealer or you can be a hope leech. But see, hope dealers are the type of people I get around and when my hope's deferred, they speak hope into me. They're the type of people that I love to talk to because though I may be coming to them negative, they speak positive in me. Though I'm weary and well-doing, they begin to speak life and say, no, God's got you. He hasn't brought you this far to leave you. And all of a sudden, they start sliding hope out of their heart. And all of a sudden, my hope begins to arise and enemies begin to be scattered. Or you got hope leeches. 
They're the type of people I can't stand to be around. Pastor, how y'all going to build a $4.5 million facility in the midst of the worst economy we have seen since the Great Depression? I got hope, bro. I don't know about you. If he was going out all the time like that, I'd just leave him. I'd go get me one of them good church boys. Y'all got a bunch of good-looking boys down there at that church. Why don't you go ahead and get one of them? You better cut that heifer off. She ain't nothing but a hope leech that's sucking life out of you and causing your hope to be deferred so your heart can grow sick. Yeah, I called her a heifer. Y'all know, y'all got some hope leeches up in your life. You excited about what God's doing? The first thing they do is pop the plug. You leave there feeling deflated. You better cut them jokers off. Number seven, love endures all things. The word endure there as Paul begins to speak to the church of Corinth is a militant term. And it means to stand firm until you stand in the place of victory. Man, that's the kind of love that I want to see flowing in and out of this church. But I also know that's the kind of love we've already experienced. That God stood firm with me until I stood in the place of victory. The eighth, and I'm closing. Musicians, you can come on. It's simply... This kind of love that God is building here never fails. Never fails. Never fails. Not now, not then, not never. It never fails. That's the kind of love that God is cultivating here. See, it's the love of God that never fails. I don't know about you this morning, but I am confident of this, that there's been some times in my life where I have blatantly, failed God but there's one thing that I know is his love has never failed me that when I was a failure when I had every right for him to walk away when I had every right for him to forsake and and leave I am confident that, that he had every right just to say nope he's a failure God said nope rather than you being a failure my love never fails So while you fail, my love cannot fail. And because my love cannot fail, my unfailing love will carry you through your failures. Never falls down. It never falls short. See, the church that love builds is an unfailing kind of church. Not a perfect church. Not one that always gets it right. But when we get it wrong, we don't stop. Will you stand with me all over the house? I'm going to ask some of the ministers of the house to come forward. Pastors Jason and Stephanie Bracey, Pastor Sean Feldner, Derek Sports. I want you all to come forward. Face that way. Can you... you Pastor Jamie will probably hold it. This is what I'm going to ask you this morning. It's a simple, simple question. Every head bowed and every eye closed all over this room. 
do you know that kind of love? Do you know that kind of love? Do you know that kind of love? And if you know that kind of love, what are you doing with it? Because that kind of love loves hard. It loves hard those that are hard to love. Every head bowed and every eye closed all over this room this morning, you're here. Pastors John and Linda, come down front, please. You're here this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. And you've heard about the long-suffering, non-envying, non-provoking, unfailing, hoping, enduring love of God. And you would be willing to say, you'd say, Preacher, I don't know that kind of love, but I want to know that kind of love. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Will you raise your hand high and unashamed if that's you? You're saying, I failed God. I want to know God more. I'm not where I need to be. Put them up. Thank you for those hands. Put them up. Hold them high. Hold them high. Hold them high. Hold them high. Unashamed. You're saying, God, I want to know that love. I want that love in me, flowing through me. I want to be where I need to be with you, God. I don't want to just know that love. I want to be the instrument that that love begins to flow through. As this worship team begins to sing right now with your hands lifted up, if there's somebody next to you with their hands lifted, you need to move out of the way right now because I want that person with your hands lifted. There's multiple of you right here. The pastoral leadership team's up here. I want you to come, and they're going to pray. Come right now. One, two, three. Let's go. Come, and we're going to pray for you today. Come, 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 come. You're saying, I want to know that kind of love. I want to make that love real in my life. Celebrate with me. Dominion as they come. Come on. I bet you if you clap, they would come. I bet if you clap, they would come. I bet if you clap, they would come.